Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang it's, Show. Good to have you back. Golf no. travel comedy. Here's the, you know, I came up with that like I didn't know what to write. I've read the, I've edited the bio for the show. Really? Yeah. Golf addled, tra- travel addicted, <laughs> crazy guy, fall along in his journeys. I mean, the podcast really was the beginning of it all. It absolutely was. It was the one thing you were allowed to make. Yeah. Yeah. Legally speaking, the government, you know. We're getting time, into that this episode. We're, we really? we're, we're talking about it. There's a, the questions were amazing, by the way, guys. Thank you so much for the, you know, we, we were like, let's do a Q&A. We love doing, we love doing that. Um, but we have to thank somebody first. Yeah, and his name is Sam Hahn. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior, Sam Hahn, creator of Lab Putters. We're really excited to hang out with him in a couple of weeks. We're going to head up to Oregon to his HQ. If you don't, if you're not familiar with Lab, do we have a link first of all? Yeah, like a link to t- talk about Lab instead or just... of just what we were doing before. Yeah, well, it'll be hyperlinked this to the same text. Right, so there's a link in the description. Go check out Lab. We're gonna re- we're gonna shoot this video for him where he made this thing that basically shows you that putter paradigm has been. Uh, is perishing. No? What's, yeah, what's no, a P word? Putter paradigm good. is... Is punctuated. Predominantly Ooh. perfunctory mm-hmm. and... I would say it's uh, living in the past. Living in the past. <laughs> He's fixed it. He figured something out. Lie angle balance. And normally we'd give you the spiel, but instead we're going up to Oregon. We're playing Band and Dunes. We're going to shoot the spiel. And, uh, and we're doing a breaking series. And you probably heard about it. And if you want to participate... Uh, I'll let you know in the description. Just go to the description of the oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. Some of you might want to play in the breaking series. Yeah, honestly. So the, this podcast drops today and casting closes at midnight tonight. So you got to get on it. Yeah. You, you, you should have already seen it if you're in the app. And if you're not in the app, you're dead to me. And hey, by the way, some of you on the app, use your real email address so that we can get in touch with you. One of my closest friends signed up for the app and didn't realize that he had the app. And I was like, he's like, what do you mean an app? I was like, we have an app. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, I signed up for membership. And I was like, and I looked on the app. I typed his name and I was like, your profile's right here. And he was like, I never saw that. And then I was like, I was like, what email did you use when you signed up for the app? And he was like, junkmail at gmail.com. And I was like, well, no wonder you didn't download the app because you weren't invited. So we actually did a deep dive. Did you know this? We found out a third of the people that have signed up for membership haven't downloaded the app. Yeah, we need to get on that. So if you have the if you've signed up for membership and you're unclear what the app is, check the email that you use, which is junkman, which is fair enough. Fair play, by the way. I've done the same. I do it all the time. Yeah. All of anyway, um yeah. So anyway, you should (laughs) (laughs) you need to get in the app because it's not just an app. It's a way you can actually come on videos and trips with us. It's a way we can make the experience more well, it's personal. It's the discourse, right? It's the conversation of Random Golf Club. And look, the app's a piece of shit. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> nip that in the butt. You know what I mean? It's not as good as a lab putter, but it's also free. Yeah. So like, there's that. But also, we are constantly working on making it better. And we've got a couple things that we're going to announce in November that like we just had a meeting about it. Like, I think we've got something that we're going to create that is going to be super fun. Uh, that is going to like kind of change the way golf is played in localities. And I, and it's never been done in golf as far as I know. It's been done in other sports. There's your clue. So really excited for that to launch in the app. So just change your email address, change your settings, whatever. Turn on notifications, download the app. Come on the Breaking Series to abandon with us. Uh, travel not included. You need to get yourself to abandon. I'm so excited for this. I've never been. You and I talked about this. I can't believe you've never been abandoned. I've never been abandoned. I feel spiritually like it's the course for me in yeah, a lot of ways. It is. And 
you know, I've been to Scotland. I've never been abandoned. That's amazing. And uh, with the, the two cores that were playing Trails and, of course, the iconic band in Dunes, I feel like those, are, would you say those are the two to play? I mean, that's like picking a child. You know what I mean? Like, it's, many, many people do. You know, just do. And I pick Trails, which mm -hmm. is just, it's kind of my, like, I'm trying to be annoying slightly. It's a hot take. It's slightly hot. But, like, I just think Trails is, like, I need a frame. You know, sometimes Lynx courses can be just, like, you know, I crave, like, variety and diversity. And, and Trails, you know, gives you one hole on the water and then two holes on the water at the end. But, like, Trails is the most unique course at Bandit. This is such a wonderful, this is such a filmmaker's take. That's when you, you need a frame. You need, need context yeah. around the golf hole you're playing. I need, like, without the frame, I have no idea how far away the hole is. It's just, like, wonky. You like trees on a golf course? Oh, yeah. I'm a New England golfer at heart. Yeah. yeah. Meaning what? I like stone walls, <laughs> and I like tall trees that inevitably I'm going to end up behind both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a Lynx course, given, like, the construction of the fairways and the greens and the way you can roll things up. But it's not a Lynx course in the sense that you're playing inland, and it's quite hilly. Like, there's there's a stretch where yeah. someone died on trails. I didn't know that. What do you there's mean? There's a steep stretch between 13 and 14 that they now have a cart that takes you from 13 green to 14 T and 14, the 14th hole is like this magical hole where you're like basically on a parachute teeing off on this green down below. And it's a really hard, uh, it's actually a really hard hole, but, but anyway, on that, on that green to T someone, someone died. And there's a ferryman now. Yeah. Now there's a ferryman. Cause of He's course you can't, you, you walk at bandit. That's yeah. No, there's no carts. Yeah, There's no carts. It's not a cart, but this stretch, because it was, actually a dangerous descent is yeah. what you're saying yeah i mean a dangerous enough we th we think he died yeah he oh, might okay. have also never found okay <laughs> no he's been found this is ray from cyprus no, he's, he was he has a name and okay. and you know but but what i'm saying is like he might have also just transcended oh i see okay he might have also shape-shifted yeah. yeah he might have also i mean maybe he was just like i'm out you know maybe he didn't die maybe he was like this is it for me. Like, I don't, I don't need to see anymore. If you had to die in a golf course, which one? Like, I don't know the name of the course, mm -hmm. but I can tell you what it would be like. Okay, describe a way. Yeah, uh, no carts. Okay. Uh, cart, no cart paths. Mm -hmm. um, no houses. In sight. Yeah, like maybe there's a house like on the far end that's overlooking. Maybe it was a lighthouse, but now some guy lives there mm -hmm. with his grandma. You know what I mean? Like there's that house. But like, and honestly, it's probably not very busy either. Like in this moment where I'm going to die. Like it's not busy. You'd, like it's, You'd hate to be waiting on the group ahead of you. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to wait. I don't want to die waiting to hit a shot. Yeah, yeah. We need to be playing quick. Mm -hmm. And we need to be like hitting the ball well. I don't care about score. Oh, you need a good ball striking round. When yeah, it's time I, need, to I want to be hitting the middle of the club face. Mm -hmm. I want to like have at least hit like one really fashionable six iron. You know, just like a tight little that draw. That could be what does it, if we're being totally honest. <laughs> it was a six iron. Um, yeah, and then like it just, it just has to be also with like, it doesn't necessarily need to be people that I have known for a long time, but it needs to be with people that would 
understand, understand yeah. that this was a good ending. Yes, yes. They would go, they'd be upset, but they'd also understand the dramaturgical yeah. aspect of it. They, they wouldn't look at me dead and say, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Like, they would immediately be like, oh, yes. Oh, of course. <laughs> like, this is, th- th- there would be no um, longing. You're basically saying I have to be there. There aren't <laughs> that many people who <laughs> would... In like, the moment what would you do? like what would you do so so we're at this magical course and you know we're all playing pretty well and i just that's oh, such a good do we have service because i'd have to get an instagram reel up real <laughs> eric's dead <laughs> what do i do i'd be really sad i'd uh i'd probably um like what do you think I'd probably take i take a lot i'd take some time yeah and it wouldn't really be for me but i'd be like i think he he needs to sit here for a little while and be with the course <laughs> you prop me up yeah, and it'll probably be enough time that when I do talk to authorities, they're going to ask why there was that period of time. And I would imagine whatever I would say would not be adequate. Right, yeah, you'd be like, it'd be kind of confusing. Yeah, I'd be like, he, he needed time. They'd look for your motive immediately. Exactly, they'd be like, uh, I see he was holding a six iron. They'd be like, without the namesake of the podcast, who's going to host the um, podcast? They'd be like, uh, can we take a look at that scorecard? We just need to, we need to know who was up in the What match. would be the first thing that goes through your head? This is upon you you dying on a golf course. Yeah, yeah. Like the, what's 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 like going through? Well, your head? I don't know. You know, there was a moment at uh, the country club. You know, a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah. Uh, I I'd be. I think I'd be. I I, I don't want to. I want to be honest. I think it'd be pretty calm, cool, and collective. You would just be like, okay. I think I would. I would. You would do as a you pulse say. Check. You would first be like, well, this is after I confirmed. Right. So I'm down. Yeah. You're over there. You get the pulse check, and then you're and again, like. I, Seconds earlier, I've just gone, what a fucking six iron. You yeah. know what I mean? And then I've run over because you, you've kind yeah. of crumpled under the weight of that shot. Yeah. And uh, checked the pulse. Confirmed. Yeah. Again, I'd probably just sit down. Sit. And I'm, it might be the first time I ever really see the golf course, <laughs> to be totally honest. I might like look around and, and understand that like, and then to be totally honest, I think I'd probably be done with golf. What do you mean? Like I that day? Th- I don't think I'd ever play. <laughs> Oh, emergency you night. Even the round. <laughs> I was saying in general, I don't know if I'd ever hit a golf club again. Th- that's bullshit. I think that's true. That's bullshit. No, because it'd be like such a important, because I only really got into golf. This is like a whole golf chapter of my life. Yeah. Like to a large extent. Yeah. And it feels like a natural. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a really natural closing yeah. to that chapter. Wow. And I, I wouldn't be happy about that, but I'd feel like that would be right. Right. And I think golf would always be that part of my life, but I think that would probably be the last time yeah. I ever hit a golf shot. I think that's true. I yeah. really think that's true. You, I, you don't believe me. I I not only want you to keep playing, I want you to finish the round. <laughs> I want you to like... I'm want, like on track for a personal best. Yeah, I want you to be like, put put Eric over here. Mm-hmm. In the drop zone. We got a little bit of light left in the drop zone. <laughs> I was thinking like a joke. It's like, you know, they have like near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. I was thinking you could have like a near-golf experience. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Let's try it as a social bit. Near-golf experience where you just like hit it. That's like some St. Andre shit where you like, where they're like, have you ever had a near-golf experience? And someone just recites the time where they hit a pure shot that did exactly what they wanted to do that pros claim they do once around. Oh, like the when you actually draw it up yeah. precisely as you mean to. Yeah. Like for example... My second shot on the second hole of Pebble during the breaking series. You know what I mean? Like, it was exactly what I saw. Five iron, five wood. Five wood. Yeah, just just toughed it up. But you know, this near golf experience is like, you know, it's 
it's it's it's lottery it's jackpot it's random you don't you can't you, you know you can't go and be like i'm gonna have a near-death experience like same as you can't say i'm gonna have a near golf experience like this golf experience is like it's something that re like like the result of a near death experience is it reframes the way you live your life, and so on some level a near golf experience could be that moment where you know the rat in the cage you first taste whatever they're trying to give you to test you on and then you're just hooked, right? It's that first sweet spot moment where you're just like, it all makes sense, and now I'm going to live differently. I'm going to get tea times. I'm going to look for clubs. I'm going to get a glove. I'm going to rip the glove. I'm going to like work on my grip. I'm going to like find other golfers. I'm going to see a hat in the airport. I'm going to talk to them. You know what I mean? Like the near golf experience is something where it's like all of a sudden everything's different. Yeah. It is both the fuse and the explosion. <laughs> That's really what it is. It's instantaneous. Yeah. Exactly. And, and sort of like for the rest of your golfing life, your golfing chapter, it's all about getting back to that. It's all about, it's all engineered around that one moment, which is this like, you know, like they talk about the Eskimo, right? Like who brought you into the igloo? You know, th this is that, this near golf experience is like I'm home kind of. You know, we had a question about this, actually. Uh, it was from Robbie. And he said, you have both talked about your why and you've mentioned some names. Please dive into the who. The who? The who. Meaning, what do you think Robbie means by that? I think he means, as you said, like your, your Eskimo, your Sherpa. My brother. It's Chris for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you've talked about it at meetups. If, you've, if you go to the Matt Scramble tour, and by the way, links going, uh, tickets going live this week. Yeah. Um, you talk about it in the intro a little bit. But are there, and not Dr. Joseph's parent, but are there any other people who? I mean, there's a handful of people, but none of them like are getting in front of, my brother, you know what I mean? Like there, there's, you know, one of golf's most problematic components is that um, the the barrier to entry is many, right? It's it, There's obviously cost. But beyond that, there's two other things that are very expensive. One is time. And then the other is um, uh, kind of this, this uh, trust where no one who plays golf is innately incentivized to bring someone new to the golf course, right? It's sort of a problematic enterprise. You're incentivized to keep it, to keep them out, actually. Yeah, you can only play with a foursome, right? Yeah. You uh, have to play at a certain speed. There is unwritten rules of which, if you break, are complex around new company. You bring your new friend out, you play with two randoms, he steps on their line. Yes. They whisper something. He feels like he doesn't belong. He's exactly. wearing the wrong thing. And then even the training is not designed to bring new people to golf. Like you must find a pro. You must pay them $60 or $100. And then and then it's a, it's a package of lessons that occur over a period of time. And so there's this like kind of um, flicker of a light in the distance. And like you must, you know, remain focused on that for a period. You, you have to have a near golf experience in order to actually go through with all of those things. And we don't have a way of engineering that. Um, and you know, like there's a few people out there, you listeners, hopefully you are one of them, right? Which is this person that's like, no, come play golf with me. And like, I'm going to dial down my own desire to like, whatever, like 
grip the ball and like, you know, play a challenging course, but like, I'm going to train you. I'm going to go out of my way to like bring you into golf, whatever that is. And those, I, those of us that have done that are kind of like really the shepherds of golf. Cause the, the, what does the shepherd do? Right. Tend the flock. They, they, they walk around with a stick and they help people get where they're going. They can't talk. And, and like, and they also accomplish a task, which is, you know, like eat some gra- get some food and then I'm going to take your fur. I don't know. This is like I'm losing, I'm losing the analogy. I'm losing the analogy, but but, but I, I do have the question for you though, and I don't want not on the spot because you might not be able to remember. Do you remember when you were getting into golf, the first times you started to feel comfortable playing with random people? Do you remember? Obviously, you might not remember names, but do you remember any experiences where you played with a random, and they just met you at wherever you were at? I mean. The memory that sticks out to me is 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 one that points to my own um, like newness to the game, which was which was two two memories. One was I have played golf in Florida for the first time in uh, ever, and you know the second the next day I was like I want to play again. I asked my brother if he wants to play. He was like No, I have I have kids. I can't play. And I was like Okay, can I borrow your clubs? He immediately removed all the Pro V ones and was like Go ahead. And I was like, why are you removing those? And he's like, they're $5 a ball. And I was like, wow, that's expensive, you know. Um, and then I, on my way to the course, I stopped off at a pro shop. And I was like, do you have any used golf balls? And he looked at me like, because I was asking as though it wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, maybe they have used golf balls. And he was like, absolutely, right here. And I got like 30 balls for 30 bucks, whatever. Lost them all. But when I got back home to California, I remember, you know, like this is like 2009, so like I couldn't just like rip up my iPhone and be like, you know, whatever. Like I, there was no, there was social media was still kind of new. And anyway, I didn't, I didn't know that there was public golf courses because the course I had played on first was a, it was a private course that anyone could play. And we have a timeshare in Sanibel, like in Florida. So, so we had like access to this course for free based on, you know, whatever, like the timeshare. And, I didn't know that there was public courses where you could just show up and pay to play. And like, I found one in LA, it became my home. So this idea that there was even public golf was like a total new concept to me. But what happened was, is a, um, I went to go work on this movie, uh, to do like behind the scenes documentary stuff. And uh, the directors, there were two directors, Michael Brandt and Derek, and then the producer, Patrick, and these three Hollywood guys, we were in Detroit shooting this movie. I was there for a month. And uh, Richard Gere was in it. Um, Martin Sheen was in it. I interviewed both of them. It was a great time. And while I was there, I didn't own any clubs yet. But I was, like, keen to play. And it was summertime in Detroit. So I uh, went on eBay and I bought a set of Ping I-2s for $85. Did it come with a bag? No bag. Rubber band. No driver, no putter, rubber band, and nine clubs. Do you have any photos from, from this time? I do. I do. The Ping I2, you know, it's got the eye on the back if you look really closely. And I took a photo of like the eye had a mustache and a trucker hat. And um, so I would just go to these courses with just my irons <laughs> and no bag. <laughs> and um, you maniac. <laughs> yeah, I just, I didn't know. I had no golf shoes. I, I had my thrift store golf clothes that were all like for a larger man. Um, I had a yellow Jack Nicholas polo that I loved. And, um, and I was really into visors, the sport visor, the low one, mm-hmm. you know, the uncool visor, you know, and I had a red one and I had a, I had a yellow one too. Um, 
And uh, God, if you had that fit now, you'd be the coolest, coolest cat. I don't know, dude. I mean, I had. Oh, I think I did maybe get a pair of golf shoes. I got, I got a pair of Nike golf shoes that were uncomfortable for me because I didn't at the time realize I had a wide foot and I preferred Adidas. But in any event, um, you assembled this golf look that spanned decades. Yeah. Of different styles. All from thrift stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ping I-2s from the 70s and 80s, pants from the 80s and 90s, um, and then modern golf clubs. And then, God, I don't remember what golf ball I was playing. I, th- I think I was still just playing used balls. And I remember tees were always a commodity that I was, like, hot on. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, where can I get some tees, you know? Um, and, yeah, I just remember, like, <laughs> like, I was just alone, like, on the golf course. And... It just consumed like dozens of hours of my time throughout the week. And I would find ranges and I would go like to these golf courses. And I had a number that I was willing to pay. And like 40 was a lot. To play golf. 40 was a lot. These are sunset times. Always sunset. And and I preferred less of something better. So I would always look for like where's the where's the nice course? And I would and I would try and find it without houses and stuff. And and uh and I would always play Twilight or Super Twilight, and I would usually get there early enough where it was like I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Like now is the Twilight time. Like let's let's go. And yeah, but I would often play alone. Um, you know, in these remote rural areas or like suburban areas. You know, and this was a time when golf wasn't as popular as it is now. That's what I was just about to ask. Yeah, listening right now, you might be able to. You can't even do that anymore. Yeah, well, it was very infrequent that I was playing with someone of like that felt like we would be friends. Like it was much more often that it was like Rick's an ex cop. He's 57 and you know, we're going to have a good time, but like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to meet him. Yeah. You're not, you're not meeting him after for dinner. Yeah. 29 is a weird age to start golf, right? Because at 29, not only in the world, are you in between your own like life? You know, I'm a big believer that like generationally now your thirties are what was your 20s right and and you know people are getting married later people are like treating their lives differently and so like this 29 year old right you're just in between two decades and you're not in your 20s but you're also not in your 30s and i think i also grew up a little late but in any event like the moment was we were on this movie we were shooting a movie called the double which was a terrible movie it got terrible reviews and um Patrick and Derek and Michael were all like these LA guys, members of clubs, you know? And Derek was like, I was like, I found out they played golf. I heard him talking about a tea time at breakfast one day and I like went over and I'm like, these are the head honchos. And I'm like a lowly, you know, EPK reporter, electronic press kit. Like I'm there essentially like Captain Kurtz in Apocalypse Now, right? Like I have a mission that no one's aware of, that no one cares about. And my only... You know, my my boss is an outside agency that's not even there. It's the it's the production. It's the it's the it's the studio. And were they were they like welcoming on? Well, obviously, no. I'm sure they were. No, nice, everything I wanted to do was completely was, in in, was it contradicted the goals of yeah. the day. Yeah. The goal of everyone on set was to make a movie. Mm-hmm. My goal was to create ancillary content about the making yeah. of the movie, which did not make the boat go faster in the movie sense. And so I had to like basically negotiate all of these like moments where I could interview key players in the movie, the writer, the director, the producer, the actors, 
the set dresser or whatever, the prop stylist, whoever, whatever the story was that I got approved from Sony. And um, I mean, the, the side note is here. I did an interview with Richard Gere and uh, it was just me and him. No one else in the room. And it was basically like this. Like I had a camera and a microphone and I start. My first question was, um, so how does being a Buddhist like, you know, affect your ability to act? And he had a great answer. I would love to find that footage. It's, it exists somewhere. But anyway, the, 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 the kick of the story is I hear Patrick and Michael and Derek talking about golf at breakfast one morning in the, in the crafts area. And um, I like nervously went over and I was like, hey, you guys golfers? <laughs> I mean, again, it's literally like an intern in the White House going up to the president. Yeah. You know, um, and they were like, yeah, you play golf. And I probably looked terrible. I, you know, late night looking on eBay or something. And, you know, um, we keep talking throughout the time. And I was like, w when on our off day, do you guys want to go play golf? And they were like, eh. I was like, I just got some ping I2s. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was trying to get in. And um, Derek was the nicest of all of them, right? Patrick's a producer, Patrick Aiello. Producer guy, you know, like probably has a Bentley, you know, like sure. no shade, but like, you know, <laughs> whatever. And Michael was cool as well. Michael was a bit nerdier. Derek was like actually like a cool guy, you know, and he like, we were the same. And Derek said, hey, man, when we get back to LA, we should play golf. Like, I'd love to have you out to my club. And I was like, okay like what's your number you know and i remember a year went by and i thought about it all the time like i thought about derek's invite to play golf at his private club but i never messaged him you never texted him i never texted him because i was like just i didn't know what to do yeah and then one day i was hanging out with my friend who's a um, wonderful guy one of my best friends um israeli guy and i and i i grew up kind of with him going to his house for like you know, Seder and Shabbat and all this stuff. And, you know, Israelis are, um, I've, I've been to Israel and, and obviously, you know, what's happening is like heartbreaking right now. It's really hard to think about just because of all the lovely people that I've met in the Middle East. And, uh, you know, it's definitely hard to think about. And, you know, we can, we can all, I think the, the thing that we can do is, you know, I've supported some charities that are like helping individuals that are in need, like victims and things like that, but also, you know, reach out to your friends that have family and friends in Israel and, and, and all over that area. Right. And how we can, you know, just be compassionate in this time where it's like on some level out of our control. Um, but in any event, Idan and his, and his family had really this, this culture of like outgoingness and friendliness and like, yeah, invite him over, have fun. Let's talk, let's hang out. And that's like really the Israeli way. And, um, so talking to Idan, he's like, yeah, this guy, like he was getting into golf and I was like, this guy, like, Invited me to play his private course. He's like, text him. I was like, what do I say? And he was like, tell him you want to get a game. And I was like, a game? It's just such a real thing. The, yeah. the way to text to get yourself the invite. Yeah. It's such a specific text. When someone invites you to play a private club, there's a whole set of things that you yeah. must understand. It's and like accomplish. a courting process. Very much so. I mean, we were, it was basically like a date. And so he goes, text him and say, I could probably find the text. He said, hey, Derek, been a minute would love to get a game. And I was like, that's all I say? What's a game? I don't even know what a game is. You know what I mean? A golf game? Like, were you going to gamble? And and I texted it to him, and he replied immediately. And he was like, yeah, you want to play on Monday? Or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. And so here's the crazy thing. So, and at this time I had like a bag, and I had a driver, and I was like a little bit more prepared for the round. Can I guess what club it is? Yeah. Is it gettable? I mean, yeah, you might know. Okay. It, the driver? 
No, no. The what? Oh, what the country, country club? club. What yeah, country yeah. club? Oh yeah, take a guess. Okay. Uh, so this he's a director. Yeah. And pretty doing pretty well. Yep. From Hollywood. Yep. They did three ten to Yuma. Okay. Michael and Derek. I'm gonna say it's Bel Air. Incorrect. Much easier than that. Really? Is it Hillcrest? Nope. It's not. It's not. It is. It's OACC. Wilshire. It's Wilshire. It's Wilshire. How okay. Funny is that? That's so funny. First private club I ever played. First like real yeah. private club, not like private public. Like this is the first club where it's like you are auditioning to be a member. Yeah, this and is this is the home of Random Golf Club in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean th- this the, the irony here is that the first private club I ever played was also the one that spawned the concept for what a real random golf club could be made up of all individuals. And from it spawned the from the the real hospitality and kindness of one person of Derek who was a member there. And Derek and I, you know, we didn't play golf a lot together throughout the years of when I became a member there, but like there was always a tremendous fondness. And like, if you think about like going back to this Eskimo concept, right? Like Derek was an Eskimo for me. Like, obviously my brother got me into golf as a game as a whole, but Derek brought me into a side of the game that like was very much new to me and like gave me some learnings around it. We're going to be in LA in a month. We should have him to the event. We should interview him. It'd be a great That's podcast. A, it'd be an interesting yeah, podcast. I'd be like, Derek, what was the story like for you? That, I'd be like, You don't realize you were there at like kind of a watershed moment. And I want to know what he thinks about golf at that time. Yeah. Well, so the, the, the punchline of the story is like, I'm super nervous, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I get there quite early. You googling I, shit, like you you trying I mean, to figure yeah, out. Yeah, I'm just like I don't know what happens. How, like how to play private. I probably golf. called and asked about the dress code. I was yeah. very paranoid about that. I probably had like the outfit did not go together. I don't think I have a photo from the day, but like, you know, like I. Are you scared to take any photos on the course? I was scared overall. Okay. Right, like there's a gate, like you're, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and then there's a member number in this whole thing, and I didn't probably know his last name, and like. What's really funny is we get on the first tee and he's like, all right, what game do you want to play? And at this point, like fucking you know, saw when you're, <laughs> when you're playing, when you're, when you're the nomadic golfer, right? Yeah. Which, which I am and have been since the beginning, the game isn't easy to construct when you're playing with random golfers because you don't know their handicap. And like, I'm not trying to lose money. And like, I'm not very good. And like, how do you play the game? Like I didn't know any games. So he said, what game do you want to play on the first tee? And I was just like, oh, I wasn't like thinking about this. Like, I don't have an answer. And yeah, I just said like, whatever. And he's like, we'll do a Nassau. And I was like, cool. The hardest. I had no idea what a Nassau was. I I knew it was a city in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what a Nassau was. Turns out it's you play the front nine, there's a match. You play the back nine, there's a match. And overall, there's a match. So you have three bets on the table. Probably 30 bucks, maybe, maybe 40, whatever. I hit my drive on the first hole. There's a road on the right. I have a pronounced slice. I'm confident that it's going to go in the road. Somehow, it hits the fairway. And we have a caddy. This is my first time playing with a caddy, too. Um, And the caddy is like, whatever, nine iron, you know. And um, pins back left. I hit my old slice with my ping I2s, which I had just re-gripped for the round. I remember I did it myself. I got some nice grips. and, you uh, did it right the first time I ever re- regripped my own clubs. I didn't do the double sided tape. I didn't take the, I didn't take them out. They have. I mean, some of them I still have. They didn't come off yet. Does it just slip off? No, it's just because the glue or whatever the the solvent oh, you use. I mean, it'll still stick. Yeah. But someone saw me do it and they were like, "No, what are you doing? You need the double sided tape." I love the double. I love sticking the tip of the double sided mm-hmm. tape in the shaft. In the thing, yeah. 
So anyway, the caddy's like, you know, whatever. I, I, I hit my I hit my iron, and it's kind of slices front right. So I have like a 40-foot putt. And the caddy's like, gives me the line, and I make it. Come on. That's fucking And good. Derek's just like, what the what the fuck? You playing straight up? Or you, you, I don't know. I don't have any. Oh, I'm you're sure just you're just you're just like whatever the game is. I, I don't even know what my handicap uh-huh. is, right? Like I I I probably had. Yeah, you know, I, I don't even I don't even think, think I understood the math of creating yeah. a handicap. Yeah. But in any event, yeah, birdied the first hole of Wilshire. Oh, yeah. Birdied my first private hole of golf ever, and um, you know probably seven years later, I would leave that place as a member for the final time, and as the doors opened in front of me i was like it could be called random golf club oh my god you know and it's like it sounds like a movie and like there yeah. it, it kind of is uh-huh. but um yeah derek and then yeah derek was a big part of that so yeah there's there's two eskimos there well we're gonna go break for a second but right before we do i have to ask so is that the first time you were on that was the first time you were on a country club first time you were on a private course yeah what did you think of like the grass and the greens oh my god dude it's like pure as fuck dude it's there, there there's there you know, like palaces have walls, right? Mm-hmm. Kingdoms have walls, but you know, like, like, and so, like, it would make sense that this like golf place also has walls, and like, while that is certainly an intimidating thing for the culture of people that like play golf, and it's a bad thing for the culture of people that don't play golf. Because it really, in the minds of people like Malcolm Gladwell, makes golf just seem like we want you out. Mm-hmm. But on some level, you know, there's a little there. There are like these rock gardens, you know, in Japan, and like those have walls too. And like, it's not to be exclusive; it's to create like a sense of like uh, peace, kind of, and, and calm. And it, you could argue that, like, you know, like here are these people who've invested their time and their money into this thing, which they've created, which, you know, by and large is theirs. Right. And this experience of being in a complete other world, obviously it's conditioned like no course I had ever seen at that time. Yeah. I mean, it was just like perfect. And now obviously looking back after having played like, you know, a number of the top 10 courses in the world, I look at Wilshire and it's like, that's mid. (laughs) I mean, it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's we, a very good club. We were, th- we were there not too long ago. And I mean, it's, it's a beautiful it's, club. It's nice, but you're so right in that you go to a top five golf course in the world, and it is strange that you can tell the difference, actually. And this is why I think Augusta and the Masters is one of the most interesting situations of golf, right? You have two brands, right? You have the Masters. Sorry. You have Augusta, which is basically private, elite exclusive only open for half the year no phones um you know and then you have the masters which is like cheap tickets open for everybody no cell phones cheap food yeah and you kind of have these like dueling experiences of this holy grail that anyone can believe in and visit and go to it's so funny you say that i was thinking about this in the context of the masters for me and augusta is like shakespeare mm. because when it's when it's Augusta and it's only open for half the year, it feels like a traveling exclusive troupe. Yeah. Because it, and I almost start to think of the way that people might go to Augusta and play is a performance. 
and it's on the highest stage yeah. only for the sultan. And then the masters is like Romeo and Juliet and anyone could go to those plays. Yes. And the best place to sit in Stratford-upon-Avon where the globe was, uh, was in the pit. It was with the common folk. Right. And they got all the jokes, even though they were crazy complicated, and they could see them better than the king and the queen sitting up far in the rafters, farthest away from the stage, right. not interacting with the play because there was so much audience interaction in those. Right. The only way you could interact is if you stood and you went as a commoner. Right. And so that connection, because I think the Masters in Augusta is all performance. Sure. It's, it's entertainment. And like when you go and play golf there, you're kind of part of the show. Yeah. And and so it's so funny you make that analogy because I was just thinking about that. And the, and you know during the tournament you'll see someone with a green jacket. They're a member and they are servicing. They have the a guests. fucking job. Yeah, their their job is to you know help you, which is fascinating if you think about it. They're not they're not there to be served. They're there to serve. And so this whole like you know like you said theater. This whole walking mm-hmm. engagement is totally unique, and. I don't know how it happened. I mean, I know, you know, Clifford Roberts was, you know, kind of a psychopath yeah, genius. That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> um, who did end up killing himself on yep. the par th- what would become the par three yep. course. And Bobby Jones was a true visionary in the sport of the game in his own way. Yeah, I mean, some some would you should read The Making of the Masters. Okay, I will. I mean, it argues that Bobby Jones was kind of like a figurehead. I was me- I mean more so as far as like believing in the amateur game. But at that time that was actually pretty common. That's true. Right, like it was at that time being a pro mm-hmm. was actually you were looked, you looked down, down on. on. It was like a jockey. The real wealthy yeah. man was an amateur because yeah. he had a job that he loved. And Bobby Jones's three priorities were um, God. God, the law, mm-hmm. and golf in that order. So it's kind of like Gareth Bale's yeah. thing, like <laughs> Wales, golf, Wales Madrid. golf, Madrid. Um, two two great hot takes for you this podcast. I'm trying to remember exactly what the first one was, but the second one, like Bobby Jones, uh, overrated. I love it. <laughs> You're Bobby so Jones never right. had a hole in one. You're so, oh, that's that's really never aimed for the pin. Oh my god, Bobby Jones was a decade golfer. I mean, I mean, look, Bo- Bobby Jones, like you know, uh, it let's, was a different era. Let's do it. Let's have Stuart Haggis out on the pod and and say that to him. Let's do it. Let's have the conversation. I'm not saying he's overrated. I, I'm saying that his impact on Augusta was more of a, he, you know, he was, you know, Clifford Clifford had the idea, right? And Clifford went to New York mm-hmm. for the sole purpose of courting Bobby Jones because he knew he needed the Tiger Woods of the day to sign off on this project, which was essentially going to be a housing development in Georgia. On an old was, peach orchard. Yeah. And it was going to be a big retail thing mm-hmm. on, a, on an old peach orchard. And... He needed someone to help him sell the idea. And what happened was is they had this little invitational tournament. The first one was called the Masters Invitational mm-hmm. and or the Augusta Invitational. I can't remember. But like that was a marketing event to bring attention to, and this is pre-televised. Like there wasn't they weren't televising tournaments back then. It was all newspapers and journalists. And that's why the media center at Augusta is like unrivaled in the golf, you know, industry. So, you know, Bobby was really brought in as this kind of, you know figurehead there and then alistair mckenzie was a choice that was based on you know his work i believe at cyprus yeah i believe cyprus begat augusta clifford was like all right you can do this right look let's make this happen and obviously the course in the 30s looks very different than it looks now it's been mm-hmm. fazioed out but like and look it's beautiful like we love it 
I mean, the Masters is like, is perhaps the most interesting golf story that exists. Yeah. When I- and going back, one, one quick story here mm-hmm. too is, you know, as I was getting into golf, uh, my brother was telling me about the Masters in the first week. Augusta, the Masters, the Majors, the U.S. Open, the British Open, you know, the, the PGA, the players, the PGA Tour, the PGA. What's the difference? Right? I had so many questions. And we talked about the Masters. And he's like, the Masters is interesting because it's played at the same course every year. And it's at a very special course. And I was like, tell me about this course. And he's like, it's called Augusta National. And it's like in Georgia, you know, and it's like super elite. And it's only open six months of the year and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I want to play there. And he just laughed. And then, you know. Nine years later, I was yeah. like, hey, um, Friday afternoon of the Masters, I was like, Chris, I'm, I'm playing on Monday, and I have an extra press pass if you want to come out over the weekend, and like, I can give you a tour of like the things you haven't seen. Because he'd been, Chris, my brother actually worked at a law firm in, in Atlanta called Alston and Bird, um, which was uh, Bobby Jones's law firm. That had changed names over the years. I but. love that they're, they're always lawyers too. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> Fred is a lawyer. Well, and my other hot take is I think being a lawyer would be by if if I was to change professions, I would become a lawyer. Yeah, I mean, I still think you'd be an incredible high school history teacher, but <laughs> you'd be a good lawyer. We've only gotten one question done. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> that was a bit of a tangent. We, we are going to go to a, a very yeah, fast let's break. Do a quick break. When we come back, we have the number one question we've been asked. Big thank you to three different groups. Woo! Um, we, uh, we're very grateful today for our sponsors of the podcast. Number one, Tacomo. Tacomo, Finnish-based golf company. That's Finland. Um, they forge the irons in Japan. They assemble them in China. You're going to get a KBS shaft and a lambkin grip sent to you at a bargain price. In fact, you want a discount code. I can't give you one because they're already as discounted as they can be. A lot of my friends work with the brand. I've been to Finland twice. JoJo's been. We love it over there. Done some saunas. Um, Really love working with Tacomo Golf Clubs. They make incredible irons, and they're constantly innovating on new clubs and new ways to bring the great experience of hitting a beautiful iron straight to your door. I play the 301 MBs. Love them. They're kind of a blade. They look a little bit like the the seven TWs of TaylorMade, but like... They're a third of the price. Yeah, and if you want something a little more accessible, if you don't want to hit some crazy clubs like areas, I play the 101Ts. You like and those? I really do, actually. Yeah, they're, they're good. Um, They're very consistent. Like, I don't, I, my distances don't vary too much, That's which a great is thing. problems I've had in the past. Obviously, we can tell you they're great people. We, we actually just shot this commercial that you're going to see on the channel in the next month when we release our Beth Page video. Beautiful film, yeah. Um, we're very proud of it, but we're also really proud of the relationship that we've forged over the last year, year and some change, um, I just really like the clubs. They're they're really pretty to look down. They're beautiful when you're at a dress. I love them. I was can I be honest? I was like skeptical when they first so was showed I. up because I I didn't actually think for for that price point. We're not going to name any competitors, but there are other brands that make like full sets and and do that. These I didn't aren't know either. These aren't them. No. No, it's not like you're talking about like sticks or something. Yeah, yeah, it, it, like whatever. Like we talked to sticks. I've talked to Robin. You know, that's more aimed at the beginner, right? Tacoma is actually like a players club, and yeah, they, I got an email in my inbox like two years ago. I was like, send over the clubs. Let's take a look. And you know, for me, the most important thing is like, who are you, right? Like, like we are going to enter into a business relationship. Who are you? So I was in London like a month later, and I was like, Sebastian, like come meet me in London. So he comes to meet me in London, um, and. He, we meet up at 10 p.m. He meets me at this, I was at a golf bar 
we and then we go for a three mile walk together through the middle of the night in london and uh i was like we negotiated the whole deal walking around and it was like bam and i was like i like you this is great let's go forward and um yeah, they're actually in one of our episodes of Adventures in Golf, the uh, the Finland one, yeah. the Sweden or the Ulans, the Frog Dance one. Yeah, that was a good one. Anyway, yeah, Tacoma was great, and then we also have Dollar Driver Club, which is your chance to try out a bunch of drivers, ultimately see what fits for you, change it out every year. It's a membership program, and our friend Tyler is based in Austin here, and you know it's a great system, right? Especially if you're looking to level up and get hyper specific, um, like shaft head combinations definitely designed at the better player it's not a cheap program but it is a valuable program and what you'll get is great customer service and great optionality in terms of how you build out your set they're also selling uh everything in your bag now putter irons wedges and woods and you can um what's cool is because it's a membership program tyler's able to you know, bring the price down at a pretty significant rate. He's actually not legally allowed to advertise the price that he sells things at. So Crazy. check it out. Uh, satisfaction guaranteed over there at Dollar Driver Club. Do we yeah. have a CTA there? Yeah, that one's... Um, actually, if you're a member, if you're an RGC member, yes, uh, you can... Who sign up for DDC's annual membership, they receive $50 off at DDC just for being an RGC member. Yeah. Um, so what Joda's meaning is on the app, which we discussed in the beginning of the show, where you p- put in your proper email pro members so that's 60 dollars a year and currently pro membership offers discounts to random golf club this deal at dollar driver club where you'll get 50 dollars back which is like i don't know basically yeah. pays for it speaking of tacoma you'll be offered in these tacoma giveaways we're going to start doing soon yeah yep. um there's gonna be things with whatever all our partners yeah and then just a note on pro membership right like we are constantly evolving how that portrays itself and really the big nut of pro membership we haven't been marketing it too much because right now it's still like just a thing in waiting and thank you to the hundreds of people that have joined us pro member level we're about to launch something totally new and totally exciting that gets at our mission which is ultimately building the biggest and most inclusive golf club in the world so pro members watch out very exciting news coming before the end of the year in terms of how we're going to make something really fun uh in your area right yeah so again dollar driver club the code is rgc xddc obviously all this info is always in the description of the podcast they're good friends, um, and the product's really, really special. You, I would recommend just looking into it because you're going to be like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" Yeah, that's I, I can't believe um, that's that's even possible. It's a, it's a very good deal. Also, I love my driver for them, so they they like I mean, they they'll, fit, they'll you. fit you. It's like a fitting. They'll take care of you. Uh, and the last partner we want to shout out here is Ketone IQ, brought to you by HVMN at HVMN.com. Uh, again, another friend of the brand, right? Like Michael came to town. We were talking about it. I tried the drink. It comes in like a small container. It tastes like gasoline. But as Keffer says, that's how you know how it works. <laughs> um, I kept, JoJo had his first one yesterday. I did. I, I usually don't take this stuff. Um, no coffee for JoJo ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty straight arrow, except for all the other stuff. And uh, we... I just wasn't sleeping the night before and had a full day of work and I took one and it really worked. Yeah. I had like four or five hours, didn't eat anything um, and just had a lot of energy. Uh, we're going to hear more about ketone because next week on the podcast, Kevra's actually coming on to talk about the hole in one video that'll be dropping. And uh, that was really powered by ketone and the series that you should go check out on social. So check them out. Um, you'll notice if you listen to other podcasts and they do ads, ours are different. And that difference is because we know the people that we're advertising. Oh, yeah. Personally. Any other podcast you listen to, they're going to 
talk about whatever their general products are and they're going to give you a code and they'll have never met a single person from that company. I know that because I've been on those calls. Yeah. You just listen to three ads where we actually know those people and we swear by those products. Yeah. And I, that honestly, that's, that's really my only thing is check them out. Uh, we use all of them and they care about our brand and they care about you. So for as far as ketone goes, um, if you want to know what the what the thing you get out of it is, uh, you can save thirty percent off your first subscription order of Ketone IQ at hvmn.com/rgc. Check it out. Do check it out. Like I swear by the shit. There is one question we got more than any other. I've been we get it in the comments. We got it several times. When I will, I will. If if the if the if, community if, wants, if, I'll do it. If the number's high enough. Um, <laughs> It it kind of is along those lines, adventures in golf. Yeah, that was the qu- the, the question. Like, where the fuck has it been? <laughs> when the fuck is it coming? It's on your back? computer, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, big update. Adventures in golf is coming back for an eighth season. Confirmed. Very excited. Uh, we're actually looking at a lot of different destinations. You know, top of my list, South America. I've never been, um, but there's all sorts of ideas that include you know courses in your backyard, courses in your front yard. Courses um, in demilitary zones, courses in military zones. I mean, the sickest adventure in golf that we could ever shoot. Do you know what it is? I don't want to give it away. There's one episode that would be the most sick. I mean... I've never talked about it. Okay, then I don't know what it is. Lunar golf. Lunar golf. (laughs) Like golf on the moon? Season 10, yeah. Like the budget, we would need a serious... Maybe... maybe, um, We would need to restart the Apollo program. That would be the problem. Like (laughs) people people... We could do golf in space. Yeah, oh, people aren't going to the moon anymore. People, people haven't gone to the moon since the since the '70s. We'd have to like. So start. funny that that happened so long ago. Yeah, they figured it out, and you know they were like, they're like, you know what? Not that much there. They were like, I don't know what we're going to put up there. Yeah, like this doesn't really work. There's a lot of infrastructure to get there. We I've could done that in business. We could do. <laughs> I've been like, let's go do this thing. Oh, never mind. That kind of. We sucks. could do golf in space. Yeah, that's achievable with the right partner. It'd be hard to hit the ball. You think so? Because the ball would be floating. Yeah, but it would be floating slowly. But then you're also floating. You have no way to pivot. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'll be honest. I think it would be quite difficult to hit the ball. Just to hit a golf ball in space would be its own adventure. We could test it. You you ever do the, um? you know what I'm talking about, where they take Zero the rocket rabbit. jets? Yeah. What yeah. is it called? Well, it's just like a big cargo plane, and then they go free fall. Yeah, and you, G. and you get like a minute of, of zero gravity. Yeah. We could we could like do some recon, and, and I think that's achievable. Like a patch of rough air when you're in free fall? <laughs> I think you're in terminal velocity, so I don't think you feel it. But like, you no, know, if there's turbulence and the plane goes up and down, like all of a sudden oh. you could just shatter. <laughs> like, I wonder if you wear a helmet when you do that. Um, I only know it because I saw an OK Go music video doing it. Yeah, we all saw that. I don't think they were wearing, yeah. but maybe they were wearing helmets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, AIG's coming back and uh, it was never going anywhere, let's face it. But very excited AIG. You can say it. Presented by Random yeah. Golf Club. Yeah, that's the big difference. Yeah. Very excited. You know, we've been partners with the PGA Tour and Scratch and Zoe and Sam. And, you know, uh, there were generations of Scratchers before then um, who's, you know, under NDA, I can't reveal their their likenesses. But we can say who our editor is. Like, I'd, love, I'd like to say a big we, shout out to Bob, to Sam, to Zoe. Like, good yeah. friends who have helped make the best golf content in the world. The golf content that led me to Random Golf Club. Let's go. And we want to make more and we want to make them longer and we want to make them I more special. You watching AIG in Alaska, like pre like introduction. Moab, Moab AIG <laughs> in the in the tundra of Alaska. Is that the first one you saw? Yeah, I think so. Moab. 
I think so. That's such a weird desert. One. It was like the. It, or maybe I'm just like. Are you thinking? Brain... Of, are you thinking of Devil's Golf Course in in De- in uh, Death Valley? See, what I might be doing is I might be just conflating the Moab push in shot from the intro of season four. Is <laughs> just like maybe we just let my my brain thought of the first time I watched it. Right. Yeah. So many good memories. And uh, yeah, we, we have four seasons of Adventures in Golf out in pre-production right now. It's, it's not signed, though. Is it signed? It's, I think it's, I think, yeah. I haven't signed anything. I mean, we might be there now. Might. We might not need, we might not need you to need sign signatures? it. I don't yeah. know. It's just AI, you know. I think we're good to talk about it. Hmm. Uh, well, I'll check before this goes live. And we'll leave this part in, guys, because we want you to be part of this process. Um, yeah. We had to talk about it and we have to figure out what made the most sense. Um, in my heart, it always made sense to continue making the show in some capacity. And I'm really happy that we're doing that. Yeah. We're doing it in a big capacity. Big cap. Big cap. I cannot wait to take this show on the road and be doing these live from the locations. That'll be fun. And to be talking to some of the people. Um, Real audio companion style. Yeah. Yeah. And it should be your perspective. You should host it. This is the, you should host the. Can AIG you hear podcast. him? Can you hear him start now? He's like, and I don't even really need to be there. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't think so. Uh, okay, no, let's get I, into a couple questions. There's, there's there's one thing I love getting on a plane for more than anything else, and it's the adventure. Yeah, yeah. And oh man, there's some adventures. Um, this is from Gabriel. Is Keffer <laughs> is Keffer Loki becoming the new face of RGC? Yes. Next question. <laughs> yeah, simple answer. No, Keffer um, has some really good projects coming out in the next couple of weeks. He lived on a golf hole for um, longer than I, I really wanted him to. And uh, we have this new Break 80 series. Um, and he'll be on the podcast soon to, to talk about those experiences. I'm going to pull up a question too. I'm going I'm to yeah, do yeah, get Yeah, get in here because I, I, I appreciate what you... Uh, we have a question from Nicholas. Nicholas is a good friend. He works at Tacoma. And he asked what the top five apps on your phone are right now. How do you know what that is? You just scroll down. Uh, I think you could one check your your like uh, screen time. Your suggestions. Yeah, you could see your yeah, suggestions. Tell you what they are: Instagram, United Airlines, Calculator, Ar- App Store, Arcos, Arcos, Uber, Cacao Talk, and Sheets. Um, I if you go to your screen time, you can see your most used. Whoa! What do you do that? General. Just like swipe down and type in screen time. And then it'll you see activity, and you can go into your stats. My daily average is two hours and fifty nine minutes on my phone, which um, is is well below. It sounds like a long time, but it's well below the average. Unfortunately, I spend a lot of time on the computer. Screen time doesn't show up. Is it two hours? Mm, yeah, I think so. Screen time, got it. Uh, whoa, what do we got for time for you? What do you think my daily average is? I think your daily average. I don't know if it counts the watch. Um, I'm going to say yours is three hours and fifty five minutes. <laughs> five hours and 25 minutes wow if you go right under that do you see see all activity and it'll show you your most used apps and you could also you know do categories I mean, today i've only been on it for an hour yeah this is going to just do in general five hours and 26 minutes Whew, man um top five instagram messages gmail safari sheets um sheets being in your top five Google Sheets is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you're an executive. Um, mine where, is, where is uh, Sheets. Mine is Safari, Instagram, Messages, Slack, YouTube, Arcos. 
Interesting. And what's your first used after pickup? I'm curious about this. You scroll down there. Messages. Messages and then Instagram? Yeah. And then Safari or whatever. Email camera. Some camera. (laughs) Sheets and camera. I mean, you got some curveballs. I have messages, Instagram, Safari, and Slack. I'm a big, I wake up and stuff is already happening, so I have to check Slack guy. What, uh, how many uh, pickups do you have for messages? I mean, you know my mess num- message number is done. But it's higher you've, than mine. You've made fun of me a lot for how many unread messages I have. Um, the notifications, four thir- daily, daily average is 130. Messages is 436 right now. What, is, what does that mean? Oh, yeah, my daily average for pickups is 84. Yeah. And my Instagram is 155. Or my, my messages is 155. Yeah, your Instagram, it can't count Instagram because then yours would be just... My Instagram notifications are turned off. Yeah, my, so, so are mine. And if they were on, can you just imagine what your yeah. daily average would be? It's blurry. Notifications <laughs> daily average. How many notifications do you get a day on average? 130. 178. Yeah. My, including, apparently, my why does my clock say 22? I don't think I have 22 clock notifications a day. I'm like a one alarm guy. You know, there's people who have like 30 alarms. Yeah. I don't it's like there's that. a story there. I label my alarms. Okay. Let's see. Go. Oh, but see, I have like private browsing on. I was going to say your recent, your Google search. Oh, your search history? I, I don't even see that as an option here. Anyway, uh, Nicholas, um, we love you. Thank you for- Did you know that if you type in meteorite, type in meteorite into Google. Meteor- Just type in meteorite into Safari Meteor- and hit enter. Meteorite. Okay. Yeah, meteorite. Yeah. Um, typing it in. Okay. Okay, now hit enter. Watch. Okay. I'm not on Chrome. I'm on Safari. Yeah, hit it. No, watch. Okay. Are you, are you following along at home? Have you done that? Me to your right. Type it in and just enjoy. You <laughs> know, crazy, right? That is, that's good. You know what uh, meteor, like where meteorite comes from? The word? It's Greek? No. It comes from meteora. It's one of my favorite words in the in the whole world. That'd be good. Meteora means the space between heaven and earth. Oh, it's like limbo. Exactly. But the opposite. And, but, and here's the most important part, because Greek words are super interesting. They connote, their meaning connotes uh, a transubstantiation of form. So it's the space between heaven and earth, and earth, but it's inevitable that it'll hit earth. So it's the idea of falling, but you haven't hit yet, but you will. Meteora is. Yeah, meteora. You're going to land. You're going to land, but you haven't yet. But you're in between. And that's why meteor is a space object, and right. meteorite is something that was, was a space object and now is hit earth. Wow. And that's the etymological difference. Which Interesting. I, I've always wanted to, like, um, if I had a magazine... I would call it Meteora. What if you had a cafe? If I had a cafe, I, I would call it uh, the Eric Anders Lang Show. There is a coffee shop in Austin called Meteor. Oh, there is, yeah. And it, it's, it's. You think um, that they know about this? Not at all. No, I don't think so. That you, would surprise You should me. go there and just be like, everybody listen up. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like the 10th uh, male guy in Austin to have done that probably. <laughs> <laughs> in the last month. Yeah, in the last month. Oh, that's too yeah, tough. Okay, gonna, I'll pick a question. Let's see. Let's okay, see. I got one for you when you're ready, but uh, if you have one off the top of your head, go for it. Because I got a great Oh, here's one. a good question. Go ahead. Uh, from Wombat Vortex, why didn't you use your platform to call out Tiger after the tampon joke of the Genesis? And what was the Do you remember this? He handed Justin Thomas a tampon yes. after he outdrove okay, him. Okay, I do remember that, yeah. You know why? Because I don't fucking care anymore. Yeah, we're not a pro golf yeah, like, like police like, watched. You know why? Is because he's his own person, yeah. and like, sure, I disagreed with it. I rolled my eyes. I was like, okay, whatever. Like, but also, it's just like I'm. I'm also kind of in this place where it's like, do you want to be? You want a real talk? You want to know where I'm at? What a great time to be alive because we are going to witness the apocalypse. 
Very likely. Okay. It'll come in one of four forms. Okay. Illness, mm-hmm. geological disaster, war, or AI. Can't believe you just named the horseman like that. Yeah. No, it's going to be one of those or a combination of those four things. Okay. And like, by the way, there's two wars going on right now. Mm-hmm. Everything's on fire. Everything's flooding. Like there's floods all over the world every day that you don't even know about. Earthquakes everywhere all over the world. Like we're in a massive state of global unrest. So Tiger handing someone a tampon, is that really news? No. There is no such thing as golf news. Let's just get that straight, right? Live, PGA, rulings, world yeah. golf rankings, like this is whatever. True. There's golf gossip, but there's no golf, golf That's news. ultimately all it is. And like, look, people are going to be people. They're going to do terrible things like – I'm not here to call out anybody on their behavior. And sure, I did with Justin Thomas a few years ago. And like, I still stand behind that. And I talked about it. And I did it in a way that I thought was aimed at being productive and not personally attacking. But ultimately, like, my platform is not aimed at focusing on the negativity in the world. Because while this is a wonderful time to be alive, because everything is really getting worse every day, none of that, sorry, all of that, underlines the reason why we need to use golf as an opportunity to connect with each other outside on the golf course, no phones, being authentic, being humbled and spending time with our fellows in nature. That's what random golf was all about. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm really, as I get older, I realize more and more like I'm not here to cast a meteorite at anybody. You know what I mean? I'm not here to tell anyone what they're doing wrong. I'm only here to live in my little sandbox and do it as right as I can for anyone who gives a shit. So that's why I didn't mention anything about the tiger thing. And you won't see me ever do that ever again. Because all that really does, I think, potentially it just creates division. And like golf is already an example of a divisive experience that exists on earth. Let's just try and make it as yes and as we can, you know? And we see at our events, there are all different types of people that come. There are chads, there are bros, there are nerds, there are heshers, there are tweakers, there are new people to golf, there are hippies right? There are lifelong PGA veterans. There are like old guys, young guys, girls, women, kids, like, like, let's focus on that. Let's tell that story because the stories we tell are what define how we live our lives. And so, you know, I'm, 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 I'm interested in being compassionate and I'm interested in being like clear and I'm interested in being creative. I don't think going down a rabbit hole of what many would argue is the greatest golfer of all time from a prior generation, mind you, is going around and doing with his friends like in a round of golf under like this intense microscope of being in the public eye you know yeah no i think i I think you put it spectacularly well (laughs) it's just like i but i think it's an interesting question because like so all of these questions are super valid like Mm -hmm. i'm even even gonna read these before i even read them right Mm -hmm. when are the unofficial golf guys coming back dude i would love to have those come back but i hate to say it those days are behind us you know what I mean? Like the days where I could just get on a plane and just go vlog for two weeks and just like kind of have no purpose and like hang out. No one was getting paid back then. Like we were just doing it for the love. And like if I could live again, I would have started that sooner. I would have started that at 20, not at 35. I wish they were coming back. FF, for fuck's sake, give us McLaughlin stories from Ireland. I think her name's O'Loughlin, and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> would you take an intern for a semester? Yes. MBA. Damn Bob 99, hit me up. Hello at randomgolfclub.com with your resume. Make it a compelling, short and sweet internship request. We will make it happen. Yeah, tell us what you want to do. What project would you want to succeed in? Yeah. Yeah. What business line are you going to just implode or improvise? Mad Scramble Torbett in Scotland. Now there's something I would like to do. Would love to figure that out. The Mad Scramble Tour is not short on complications, but I think we can figure that out. Probably going to be 2025. 
Do you guys need any art at RGCHQ? Yes, Ignacio, send it. 757 Shady Lane, Austin, Texas, 78702. Is Kefir Loki? You already got that one. Um, favorite item RGC has ever made? That's a good question. Yeah, I actually have an answer. What is it? It's the first swing Sherpa jacket. Interesting. The yeah. first one, the white one. The the yeah, the off white with yellow details. And it wasn't it wasn't actually and if you love it so much, like the product has improved. We did a second iteration. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on this podcast, but we did a third iteration. It's coming soon. Yeah. Um, and it's Sherp, just getting Sherpa dropping. Yeah, it's getting soon. it's getting better and you'll be able to swing in it better. But it was more so the story around it. And it was like all the marketing we did for it. Yeah. And like we did all the tech packing, we released it. Yeah. And I just thought that we um that was the one where like I showed it to people who didn't golf. I was like, you have to check it out. It's yeah. Like, cool. Um, mine is the glove. CL1? Both. CL1, CL2. Yeah. The CL2 is obviously better. But yeah. like the glove as a concept, like we made a piece of equipment. Like we made something that you need to play golf. Yeah. And, you know, I always wear the glove. I always give away the glove. I love the glove. Um, hit me up next time you're in Sweden. Okay. Hit me up next time I'm in Sweden. I will respond. But uh, there's no way I'll remember to hit you up. So just hit me up if you're in Sweden. If I'm in Sweden, my grip size, medium. Yeah, uh, two two layers of tape, maybe. Ever sharded on the course? Yeah. Happens to the best of us. What's the recipe for a successful golf brand? That's a good question. Yeah, let us know. I mean, first of all, you got to define success, Justin. Right? Like, what is success? Right? Is success, uh, you know, like being happy? Is success like? going to an event and like feeling energized about why you exist on this planet or is success dividends for shareholders, right? Um, for me, it's find a passion and don't let go of it. Any update on be the ball? Uh, sadly, no, it's still around. It still exists. It's going to happen. My favorite kind of sandwich, Cuban. Cuban. Great answer. Yeah. Cuban. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I've seen the movie chef enough times to, to truly claim that. I like other sandwiches as well, but it's hard to beat a spicy Cuban. I saw the, do you see the CEO question? I thought that was interesting. Likely years down the road, what's the CEO perk you will miss most when your RGC boss days end? Well, read that again. This is from Henry. Henry asked, and this is in a likely scenario, years down the road, what is the CEO perk you will miss most when your RGC boss days come to an end? This is after a successful exit. Yeah. You're not doing it anymore. Hanging out That's on a, a question. I mean, golf course somewhere. It's not really a perk. It's just the purpose. Like, I'll certainly miss, like, creating stuff with the team, you know, and, like, this or whatever. Like, I'm sure, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure of anything. I don't know if the podcast will continue. I don't know how that goes. But, like, I, mean, I just love coming to work every day. You know what I mean? I love just, like, we have, a, we, have a, we have a poster outside that the challenge is the purpose. Yeah, for solving problems. Yeah. Right? That's got to that. be the answer. It's all just a fucking Rubik's Cube every day. I'll miss that. Uh, I think we have room time for maybe two more questions. Go ahead. Um, oh, this is this is kind of an an interesting one. Someone like wrote an entire note, by the way. Um, what's the biggest challenge in the golf media industry? Um, well, that changes a lot, yeah. you know. And like, I feel like I've seen uh, three different iterations of golf media. Um, I guess the biggest challenge is the adaptation that's required, 
right? If you're going to be making content, like in the beginning, I would just post photos and that did the job. And then now it's like reels. And I'm like, I don't really think in reels. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't really like think it also takes a lot more work to make a reel supposedly. Um, so I think it's just about like, you know, like it's kind of like your opponent if, if you're, you know, like, like if you're playing a game with like an AI chess, like it's like your opponent is getting smarter. Your opponent is changing as you're, as you're, as you're playing the game. It's not just that. Uh, I mean, I, I was even getting, I get discouraged sometimes if I'm being totally honest. What discourages you? It, what discourages me is that it's not the best content that wins. Mm. And it discourages me that, and I'll get totally honest with the audience. Like I was very discouraged yesterday because um, we posted like something that we wanted to make. And Eric and I even sat in this room and we went over it and we talked about, hey, that looks nice, but we need to make it look worse so it might perform better. <laughs> yeah. Like is, is, the, is the honest answer for it. And then you're done with it and you want to share it with the world. And I'm talking about um, this, this Break 80 series um, that we're going to do a bunch of and I'm really excited for. Um, and then for other extra, extra, extraneous circumstances, you can't post it at the time you want to post it on Instagram. Why? Because like there are other things going on the feed because right. you have this conveyor belt way of posting on social media because things get mixed up. People make human errors. Mm-hmm. And so it got posted late and it got posted at a time I didn't want it to get posted. So it's going to do worse. And that that infuriates me. Mm. Because that's like, a, it's like an unforced error in baseball or it's like a mental mistake in soccer. Yeah, just a fumble. Just tracking. And it means that what tens of thousands less people potentially are going to watch it, maybe more. Like I know very successful content creators in our space who they'll post something and if it's not where they want it to be two minutes later, they'll delete it and they'll post it two days later. Yeah. And they're obsessive about that. And it, it's just the thing that always happens in our in our industry is it's more about the packaging and who, and this is true for all media around the world. It's, we're not inventing it, but it's more important about how it's packaged and when you do it and and almost like the, this bureaucratic approach to putting it out there in the world than the content itself. Learning that sucks. Yeah, there is a, um, there is a, um, there's the creativity of the creative part yeah. and then there's the creativity of the logistical part and then there's the creativity of the business part. I would argue though that this didn't do that badly. No, but it, it, it's, and it's gonna do well and if you track, if, like we're getting really into the meat here, but you track the, the uh, statistics on it, it's getting better. Yeah. But that actually more so proves the point that it, was it wasn't posted at the optimal yeah. time and it wasn't. Well, you should be looking at his retention. There's, there's, the, we, sh- we should compare the retention between, like, let's look at the retention of the Mad Scramble. For those following along, Eric is actually in Instagram right now on the yeah. back end analytics. So this, is, this is the retention for the Mad Scramble tour announcement. Yeah. Right. People are almost all hanging on for the first three seconds. It's also 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. But then the retention for Keffer's break 80 is pretty steep. But the people that stayed, stayed. Yeah, and they're going to stay all the way. And then yeah. they're going to watch it again. So let's look at like what was, like what were we really proud of? We were really proud of. Um, I mean, just do the Coach Fields one. Yeah, that one's actually on my feed. I'm just, oh yeah, here we go. <clears throat> Yeah, this one's very different. Yeah. Right? So this one has basically 65% retention all the way to the end. And it has 6,000 shares. Right? So you can't, not everyone's going to be a banger. 
Sure. And, you know, you always know which ones are optimized for yeah. people to share. Let's but then, the whole, that, the then that gets in reel. your head. The whole in one reel, just kind of mediocre. Yeah, that's that's an interesting question about like uh, the value proposition offered and watching it. Yeah. Let's look at, I want to get to like my favorite one is golf with no ball. <laughs> Where is he at? Do you guys, watch, do you guys listen to y'all uh, see uh, Peter Melton is the guy with no golf ball? He just went on the Country Club Adjacent podcast. Yeah. So this one's interesting. Do you have many shares it has? Mm, yes, it has like 11,000. 50,000 shares. What? I didn't know that. I haven't checked in in a while. Yeah, 50,000 shares, and it's got the same line as the Jordan Spieth one. Um, it's got 800,000 views on Instagram. And another 800K on TikTok. Yeah, and then you go up and you look at, like, what was Fink's best one? Fink here. We got Fink doing the the tips. Uh, 2,000 shares, yeah. but also pretty high retention. Yeah, and that's that makes sense. There's a... A, a basic value proposition built into every one of those videos in the first five seconds, which is learn this thing, stick yeah. around to find out how to get better. Gareth Bale getting a hole in one. Yeah. Not our, not our footage. Interestingly going to go down. Yeah. But still success. It, you know, like every time you post on social media, it's like throwing a new recipe in the oven. You just never know that. And things take time. If you're ever doing a series, you need to make, if you look at the original think ones and, and other things we've done, you need to see what hits and what doesn't and how to make it perform. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, if you wanted to start, it looks like we got a lot of golf brand stuff, right? Uh, if you want to... Uh, if you're listening and you're an expert on this stuff, hey, hit us up. Hello at randomgolfclub.com. We would love... Like if, this, if you heard things there and you were like, these guys are idiots, <laughs> fucking tell us why. Yo, train, train me up, dude. We, we're not going to pretend to be. All right, last question. It's kind of along the same, same line. I found it really interesting. Um, this is from Josh. Josh, actually, I, I recognize This is from him. Adam. Can I take PTO on November 3rd? <laughs> go ahead. Um, if you could go back and redo any breaking series, which one and why? Um, series? like or, or like the break 90? Uh, I was thinking in the context of the breaking series. Okay. I feel like it's harder to say with the break 90. I mean, I would redo breaking Royal St. George's again. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even think about that one. That was a missed opportunity. We we did that one with like we didn't travel. Yeah. Like we we had another crew do it, and like they did an okay job, but they didn't. It 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 just wasn't us. Like the special sauce wasn't there. The X factor. Um. <clears throat> and. And you would just do it the same though, like alternate shot. I don't know if I would. Yeah. I might not. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would know that that wouldn't work, but it is kind of confusing. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? I don't know. I. I mean, I'm really proud of all the ones we've done. I think they they're they're really good. I think you could obviously go back and optimize. Would I go back and not get kicked off the course in Solmar? No, Probably not. That was you know? awesome. That was awesome. It was a great moment. I would redo of the break ninety. I would redo the one in Korea. At the CJ. Is that the CJ? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I had kind of like a, I could have had a better attitude that day. You know, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to go back and just change random things and just like if you're running it as a simulation and just see how it changed. Yeah. Like going back and doing the US Open at the country club. Like what if you ate something different for breakfast? Good example of that day, right? Like I could have, I could have been, I had a better attitude that day too. 
Yeah, but that I video was a haircut. Was if I'd had a haircut great. that day, well, you've been way more aerodynamic and yeah, low mist, been faster. Would have been smart, younger, smarter. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, no promises on any of that. But uh, I don't know. That video also smashed. Yeah. So it's it's hard to it's even hard to know like when we walk out of these shoots, it's hard to know which one is gonna perform. And it's hard to know which one of you are coming with us because we haven't decided oh yet. God. So go into the app. Yes. Get in, get into the breaking Bandon dish. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. It's in there. It shouldn't be hard to find. And we'll see you at Bandon. Am I gonna play in Bandon? I think we decided no. Oh man. You wanna play? You can play. No, I just like playing golf. You could yeah. play, but not we'll we'll talk about it. Like you could play but not have a score to break. I could just play for fun. You could just be playing. I could just be like a clown. You you could just be playing and like you know. What I, mean? I could be the clown that lures the bowl away from the. Best board, believe board if I... we do that, you're gonna go out and like shoot under par or some dumb shit. <laughs> Set ourselves up for that. That'd actually be kind of a funny experiment. That should be the experiment. I have nothing to break, and nothing to prove. <laughs> I am I am Jeff from the Masters. I I am a uh, yeah Mike Ware. <clears throat> yeah no um, I am a uh, what's it called the marker. Marker. Yeah. I'll be a marker. <laughs> You're breaking marker. <laughs> Let's do that. I'm All a marker. Right. I have right. no score to break. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'll bet I'll have way more fun. I know you'll have a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. So think about it logistically, but we'll figure it out. Should we do a breaking series where we tell everyone to just go out and have fun, and then we internally vote on we, what we think we, they're going to break? Set, we set their targets, and then when they like go over it, like, we're like, oh, <laughs> you're really go. sad. <laughs> I would love to incorporate like an experiment. Yeah, we in there, you know what I mean? We will. Cool everyone. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for the questions. Thanks for the answers. Jojo, thanks for your energy. Thank you. I have a ketone right now. I'm I'm so so excited for uh, what's to come. The ketone? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cheers. Ciao. <laughs>